This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of the world-famous Comedy Cellar, coming at you on Sirius XM 99. Rada! <laughs> and wherever podcasts are available, Dan Natterman here, in studio with Noam, back from the great state of Maine, America's vacation land. He is back. We're also with Dove David of Comedy Cellar Regular, and also uh, a friend of the podcast okay. how is everybody today Noam, you're oh. back from maine are you glad to be back sad to be back we are back you and i are well, both back. I, I but i was back last week right so you you just got back all right i did a podcast last week from maine no were you here yeah we did the podcast i called you out for being so cheap you don't remember yeah that? you but you were via zoom so were you via zoom in new york or via zoom i guess i was still in maine no i think i, I think i was home but you weren't in studio but maybe you yeah were, I, I guess you, i must have been home I, I honestly don't remember. But I didn't ask whether you are. No, you're in Maine. Right? You're in Maine. The Maine. But I did not ask you whether you're happy to be back. No vacations at Camp David. We're sad to be back. Would you rather be there? Uh, wait, wasn't I back? I was back last week for the for the podcast. I must have done it from home. Uh, it doesn't make any sense that I would have done it from Maine because I was just abusing Dan. Uh. Well, you could have done it from Maine. You, just to sum up, Dove, he was abusing me because at the start of the show yes, last week, I said that when I went to Maine, I put my wallet yes. uh, away when yes. I got there yes. with no intention of using it. <laughs> and and uh, and Noam, I thought Noam was going to say, of course, you were going to use it. It's my pleasure. <laughs> it makes me pleasure. happy. Well, to, are you kidding me? You know, but but Noam sort of lambasted me that it was a little presumptuous of me to expect me to pay for everything. Oh, he did pay for everything. Yes. Yeah, was, but that, that was it was presumptuous good. of me to expect it. Well, so it's that, all in reading the tea leaves. You know, it wouldn't be my style. But, you know, you uh, what wouldn't be your style? Putting my wallet away. I, I keep it right in my hand, ready to go. I, I you know, I, I said, listen, we've been through, we've been through this last week, but yeah. Who was the guest last week? Richard Hare. Yeah, the guy that was I uh, was talking about. Um, what was he? What were we talking about? Intelligence. Intelligence, right? And God, does everybody oh. have Alzheimer's? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that wasn't. Um, I guess I was. I guess I was in Maine for that. Mm. You were in Maine. Oh. You were in Maine. So the thing is that Dan. Um, of course, I'm. I have big people that are going to take about dinner, you know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. He included in that, like ice cream cones, <laughs> you know, like, lifesavers, like, like the life of a 12 year old candy you know? bar. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's walking around with cotton candy at a theme park. <laughs> Refreshments at the movies, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> hot dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, like, he's the daughter. He's your second daughter. Like, like everything, like, like everything, you know, the no, pay toilet. Hilarious. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Well, there really wasn't, there really wasn't that much because we ate meals at the, at the house. <laughs> There was the amusement park, which was a big ticket item. Right. And there was the ice cream run we did. It's tremendous. We did an ice cream run with uh, it's, 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 it's with so deeply funny. Uh yeah. But know. but I wasn't the only one that didn't didn't Well, l- listen, you can't be shocked. You're dealing with somebody who has a diminished capacity to read certain types of tea leaves. This is what we love about them, you know. No, but 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 had I read the tea leaves, I would have read them correctly because Noam without hesitation well, arguably there were tea leaves that were not read correctly but you know it's a matter of uh no no I, I i just i was aghast that he would say such a thing yes out loud look i'll go even further <laughs> yes but 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 you, how could you be a guest because he said he said many well, things out loud that's very why, hard why, to believe why, he said out loud but why was why why are you so aghast that i said it out loud assuming you are you aghast that i was thinking it in the first place or aghast that i was articulating it? you're talking i, I, uh, I think that a light asberg a light ortiz that um, this is you're 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 on a very subtle part of uh, human interaction here, Dan, and yeah. and um, you're just trampling all over. It. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like right. I don't know how to explain to you. It's nice to be generous. It's nice. But that's to- what I meant about the tea leaves. Yes, yes, yes. The presumption, of course, is yeah. that you know one can go into a situation like that and understand what it is that you communicate. Well, what, what, what would you that, have done, Dove? In my, situation? I pay for everything I can in that situation. But 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 it's not me, and I also have more dough, and and it's a different situation. But I, you know, it's yeah, unimaginable but- to me to be in that situation. But that's what's lovable. That's what's so unique well, but it's about not, it's not. It's not just that there's an income disparity, which we discussed last week. It's also that you're sort of in some weird way, my boss a little bit, kind of sort of. I mean, I 
And so it seemed like, you know, the boss no, is even the, it's just a Christmas okay. bonus. Let's let's call it. Let, let's let's just be honest. <laughs> he, he with every rationale he can to work course, backwards course, and not paying for a thing. It's a fascinating. <laughs> but that's what makes him fascinating. But had I offered to pay, you would have done what? I said, thank you, Dan. That's oh, very really? nice. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> No, no. Well, had I offered to buy something like the ice cream, which isn't too, too much, you would have you would have accepted that. <laughs> if you had Tremendous. offered to pay for the ice cream. Yeah. Tremendous. I might I might have said I got it. But I if you guys like, for instance, we go out to dinner if, sometimes if if, yeah. if I were in the car, I'm like, OK, you you guys, I'll, I'll let you out here because you guys go get the ice cream. Yes. They're like we have no money. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> No, but 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 along those lines, sometimes we'll go out to dinner and we have to we have to apportion or portion the appetizer so that Dan doesn't consume it immediately before but anybody that's, else. That's has a whole a other. No, no, uh, it's, I'm saying it's a reading of the tea leaves, but we enjoy that about it. My, my point is that that's my assumption that's going to take place. It's not. I'm no longer a gas. Look, I'm so crazy. I mean, I'll go even further. <laughs> I, you know, I, I had to get the car back early. Yeah. because I had rented it for a certain number of oh, days. Right, and, right. and if I if I didn't wake up at six in the morning right. to get it back on time, it I would have had to pay for an extra day. Yes. Call me crazy, but I thought no one was going to say, Dan, <laughs> <laughs> pay an extra day. Dang. Treat yourself. I got it. Dang. Here's a couple hundred bucks. I'm going to take you out of the car. You're kidding me. You, you never you never presented that to me. No, I would, I I would have done that. I, I well, I, I, I wasn't going to present it, but I thought maybe I thought you you know, as I'm, to I'm told that I got an A rating as guests go. And Norm's had a lot of guests at his house in Maine. And I'm told that I got an A rating. You did get an A rating, right. but you but you uh, both for, for, for congeniality and <laughs> right, right. and class participation. <laughs> I went on all I went to the every, I did everything, you know, well, it was free. <laughs> but like, not everybody participates in all the activities. He did the water park. I went to the water park. <laughs> I did the morning walks at seven in the morning. He did. Yeah. The morning walk. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Listen, I, I've traveled with Dan. He's one of the few people we go to Vegas. You know, we've done a number of things with Dan. He's a, he's a classic lunatic. You know that. Anyway, so it tremendous was, human being, but a, a lunatic. It was fine. You, you know, at, at some point when you there's just no forget it. There's just no good way to have this conversation. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Well, it, it matters, but there's no way to broach it because it would it, what created the situation um, is this is inextricably linked to that which cannot understand how to communicate with you about the situation. Yeah. You follow me? It's inseparable. You will never get there. Yeah. It's like an emotional resonance in something hyper nuanced. It's not going to happen. I had to give that up in order to maintain 20 year friendship. I felt what you felt many times. Anyway, are we, is there is there, is there yeah. other, other, yeah. other are there other topics uh, before we get to our guests? Uh, any other weekly, uh, you know, things that have happened? Oh, oh you know, hold on. Along these lines, there's comedic value here. Dan sent me a picture, a text to his niece, his response. His uh, niece had a, a, a daughter. So Dan now is a grand niece. Was it a was great it? uncle? A great, a great uncle. He she sent him a picture of a newborn baby. He sent back a thumbs up of the newborn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, part of that was just so that I could it's I could screenshot it and send it to Doug. I love it. I love nothing more. I showed it to family, but it comes from that. Well, your experience. Well, let's let's put let's let's talk brass tax here, Dan. That's, that's the brass tax. It's what, a thumbs up on a great niece. Uh, what, what 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 do you think um, is going on in, in you that makes you that makes us perceive you as different? Well, uh, I'm sure as well, I, I would say the dove has his idiosyncrasies as well. We could delve into those. <laughs> That's right. And you uh, first. Well, we don't have time to. <laughs> I guess because I'm different. I don't know. You know. Right. Uh, now, I mean, you know, it's free to be you. Now, you whether you, you, we want to attribute it as people have to Asperger's. I don't think that's what's going on. Uh, I've been accused of that, but I think that's just because it, Asperger's is sort of a buzzword now. It's also no longer just a bug, and it's not even a buzzword. Half of Silicon Valley, uh, you know, heads of companies that involve a lot of math and software happen to be a bit on the scale. You think Dan's on the scale? No, are you fucking kidding me? If there's anything I know on this goddamn planet, I'm not more confident in, in my assessment. Are you do, um, do I think? Well, what are we fucking kidding each other? So that's one vote. Yes. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> that was great. But but without any judgment, it's just oh. happens to be on the spectrum, just like, you know, whatever well, you call uh, on me. I know I've been accused of that. I don't I don't know. The ding dong. So okay. saved by the bell, uh, as it were. OK, isn't it weird how we made almost everything up and it still sucks? <laughs> isn't that crazy? Like, you know, they turn the stock market off every night and they turn it back on every morning. And they're like, we're in a bubble. It's going to burst. It's bound to happen any day now. It's like, then leave it off. What the f are you doing turning it back off? Today might be the day. An idiots. They're like, the dollar's down, the economy's It's like, why don't we just say it's not? How's that sound? Right, and they're like, these people have all the money. These people have no money. It's like, print more, give it to them. They go, we can't, it will devalue the currency. Just say it doesn't. Everything is made up. Let's make it more fun. Let's base interest rates on how interesting you are as an individual. Right? You show up to a bank, you do a backflip, they're like, you got a mortgage! Anything else? You do a handstand, they're like, your student debts are forgiven! Uh, Daniel Dresner, are you there? Oh, we just have a picture. We don't have no, a video. Dan, Jesus Christ. Have you used Zoom before? It there takes he is. a second. Daniel Dresner, everybody. Let me give you a quick intro, Daniel. Let him, let him un unmute his microphone. Have you actually, have you ever used yeah. Zoom before? <laughs> you, you, you know, there's a process where it comes on with the, the you know, the uh, avatar uh, and then it takes a that. second. Okay. Anyway, be that as it may, Daniel Dresner is professor of international politics and a non-resident fellow at the Chicago Council on Global Affairs and a co-director of Fletcher's Russia and Eurasia program. He taught at the University of Chicago and the University of Colorado at Boulder. Uh, this is a very long intro, but I think that about sums it up. Welcome to our podcast, Daniel. How do you do? I do well. The the, the reason uh, we've invited you here, and by the way, I, I have um, I have a lot of highfalutin uh, intellectual friends who are very big fans of your work. Um, uh, I have a lot of blackmail material, so that might be why. But yeah, thank that you. That might be why. For, for whatever that's worth. Um, you should know that you're, you're quite respected by uh, respectable people. Um, but you you wrote a column that that kind of uh, took apart the, David Brooks's recent column. And I was very uh, team Brooks on this column. And I was really mm -hmm. surprised to read your column. And uh, I will let you uh, inform the audience what Brooks said and what your take was on. And then we can discuss it because I think it's a it's a this kind of uh, it's a key issue going on now. I'll just say this, this kind of uh, the elites versus the deplorables, as it were, is an issue we're seeing all over the world. And mm -hmm. I think we need to understand it as best we can. So go ahead. You tell you, you tell us uh, your take on it. All. Sure. Well, let, let's start with what Brooks was arguing, which was basically that, you know, admittedly, you're seeing the, you know, United States legal establishment moving against Donald Trump. Uh, I think he must have written this. I can't. I think it was the third indictment after which he wrote this. Um, the Atlanta one hadn't happened yet. Um, and basically, he argued that he was trying to sort of explain to his own class of meritocratic elites, look, this is why Trump, even after all of the horrible, deplorable things that he's done, can still attract the sort of, you know, uh, almost blind following that he has, which is that what Trump did was expose all of the various lies and or errors that that same meritocratic elite uh, had committed on the American people um, for most of the post-Cold War era, including but not limited to uh, the explosion of wealth inequality, the war in Iraq, uh, the 2008 financial crisis, um, varieties of scandals revealing that any major institution you want to name from the police to the Catholic Church have committed all sorts of scandals. Um, and that the one thing Trump was willing to do was to say out loud that these emperors have no clothes. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, his followers say, at least this guy, you know, says what I think and I'm going to follow him. And so 
the idea that that therefore all these institutions that are suffering from eroding levels of trust ranging from congress to the presidency to the supreme court to the mainstream media to business and so on and so forth the reason they're suffering that decline is that according to brooks at least sort of lower you know working class americans have looked at this and said we've had enough we trust trump way more than we trust uh you guys um what i was trying to say was that as an argument that sounded very familiar because that was pretty much the indictment that was lodged against uh the meritocratic elite back in 2016 when trump won for the first time um again i always feel like it's worth stressing one by negative three million votes but nonetheless one uh in terms of the electoral college and that's fair but we've had seven years since then uh to see what's been going on and it doesn't quite fit what brooks is claiming Why which is, is the sort of which is the story that the reason that all of these folks are you know uh in the in the bag for trump has very little to do with let's say the increase in economic inequality economic explanations don't really play a good role in terms of explaining how trump gets what he wants because among other things if you take a look at the both the 2016 and 2020 elections uh those earning less than fifty thousand dollars a year voted overwhelmingly for the democrat they didn't vote for trump um and in fact trump uh, in 2020 did far better among people who made uh more than a hundred thousand dollars a year uh which is pretty you know decent income um than those who made below that so this isn't an economic story and the truth is is that if you take a look and see you know why was it that folks voted for trump you know was it an identity question or was it an economics question it's mostly an identity question it's people who think that the united states doesn't look like it used to because to be blunt we got to want more brown people uh than we did when those people were you know uh young and so forth and also i think the most important part of uh, brooks's autopsy which i found really absurd was the notion that meritocratic elites had failed and therefore people said this is why i'm supporting trump kind of ignores what we've seen over the last seven years which is to say that it's not like trump's elites did a better job in fact they did a spectacularly worse job um you know when they were in charge of congress the supreme court and uh, the presidency um they botched an awful lot of things most obviously the pandemic uh and so the idea that somehow trump knows better than all the rest of you know the people that that brooks is uh railing about again i would have i would have given that argument a lot more serious contemplation if he had written it in 2016 it's 2023 i just don't think it holds up as much okay so i have, I have a couple of questions and i i actually you know i've come to see most arguments as uh both sides are usually right it's just a matter <laughs> of which side of the argument you want to prioritize sure um i i but i i do as a threshold question mm -hmm. do you what is that noise i don't know yeah <clears throat> i have no idea is, is that, do, you, do you uh do, do you think it's it's correct and and uh you know in terms of uh good social science to mix together the non-white non-college educated people and the white non-college educated people in order to dilute this argument because the way i see it uh in a very very zoomed out way people just don't want to vote for people that don't that they perceive don't care about them and don't like them this is why I think mm -hmm. the, the black vote will always go to the Democrats, even if many conservative policies are demonstrably better for them in terms of what you can see and demonstrate. Like, wouldn't you like to be able to send your, your kids to any school you want? Don't you hate these public? You know, they say, yeah, wouldn't you like to go to charter? Of course, I'd like to send my kids to any school I want. And then they'll still dutifully vote for the Democrats. And the, the, the non-white voters understand that they're beloved by the elites of the Democratic Party, college educated or not, in my opinion. And the white working class, simplistically the people that Michael Moore used to care about 
but you know, it doesn't anymore, or he, he might, but you know, no longer gets documentaries about these people. They perceive that the elites look down on them and, and traveling among elites I think, you know, they, they do look, they perceive correctly. Yeah, they do look down on them. I, I mean, I hear people <coughs> talk. Well, so if, we, if we were to parse out the fifty thousand dollar vote and just ex- focus on white people, uh, wh- what are the statistics? Wait, wait, j- 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 so so and this goes back to, to the deplorables when Hillary, let's say the problem. But we saw articles in the Washington Post about toothless rubes. And, you know, we've seen all kinds of crazy stuff when people let slip on Twitter and whatever it is. And um, and, you know, it's interesting. I'll just tell you this as a small businessman. And I think only as only small business people, I feel some of this resentment towards the elites as well, because I know they don't care about me either. (laughs) You know, so and it's very hard for me to 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 like, you know, that if I can ask, what's that? Why do you know that, if I can ask? Because I'm very certain and I'm just sort of curious. Yeah, because every remark. So, for instance, when um, like example that comes to mind may not be the best. When the BLM riots were going on. Yeah. And um, we were here. My stepmother actually was alone in the building. We get checking all the fire extinguishers, boarding up the place, trembling like, you know, trembling. And the mayor kind of uh, obviously tells the police to stand down or or quasi stand down uh nicole hannah jones tweets that destruction of property is not violence you know this kind of outrageous yeah. thing that only an ensconced person correct like she doesn't understand that my property is the same to her career like would you want to see your fucking career destroyed and call it non-violence and this and is, you think that all the meritocratic elites would agree with that assessment? I would never say all about any group of uh, people. Enough so that that sentiment yeah, it yeah. seems pretty clear to, to yes. me. But you you very, very seldom hear anything. Now, I mean, just to, if we're going to take down this path, Barack Obama got a bum rap. I looked into it at the time. I don't remember the details, but he did not get treated perfectly fairly when he said about Smalls, you didn't build that. Remember, he, that was that famous mm-hmm. quote. He was not right. treated totally fairly about that. So I don't want to go all in on the Fox News line on that. But it was still completely tone deaf to a guy like me who was working 80, 90 hours a week at the time, struggling to make payrolls, you know, worried about, mm-hmm. at the time I remember my father saying, you know, one more snowstorm, he, he wasn't alive at the time, but this was the kind of mentality, one more snowstorm, we may not make it, you know, living that way all the time. Uh, providing for, you know, 100 employees, like just just crazy and just crazy amount of work that went into for my father and me. Yeah. And you hear this guy who's, you know, uh, pontificating, well, you didn't build that. No, of course I didn't build that. But do you really think that that has any bearing on my accomplishment in my life? No, Barack, you didn't build Harvard, but I'm not going to take away the fact that you have a Harvard Law School education. It's so, it's so... And, and I, you know, let's not get stuck at this, but a, a, any anybody in my position uh, and then the laws that they pass and then the the assumptions that go on and the the headlines you see now in, in my feed about this boss got mad about that. And Elon Musk laid off all these workers, you know, and he's not a small businessman, but the, but the insanity that they think that um, he shouldn't lay off workers, even though the company is losing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Anyway, this is I'm mixing a lot of stuff together just because it's it's stream of consciousness. However, yes. I would tell you that I, that basically every small business man I know looks at the establishment and says they just view us as something to shake down and they basically view us as the enemy. That's the way we feel right or wrong. Look, uh, uh Everybody may be wrong about the way they perceive these things, but I'm speaking for mm-hmm. my people, as it were. And the, and the right. white working class may be wrong that the Democrats look down their nose on them. I don't think they're wrong, but they do feel that way. And Trump is that mighty uh, middle finger. And they love mm-hmm. that. And in your column, you mix together all that. And I'll just read you. So what Nate Cohn had written and Nate Cohn is, I think, mm-hmm. one of the more reliable people out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Said about 27 percent of Mr. Biden supporters in 2020 were vo- were white voters without a college degree. White voters were 27 percent, mm-hmm. according to Pew Research, down from the nearly 60 percent 
that Bill Clinton supporters who were whites without a degree just 28 years earlier. The changing demographic makeup of the Democrats become a self-fulfilling dynamic in which the growing power of liberal college graduates helps alienate working class voters, leaving college graduates as an ever large share of the party. And I think that's right uh, around. I don't know if I got this from Nate as well. Around one in five black eligible voters, 22 percent of a bachelor's degree, lower than the share among all U.S. adults eligible to vote, 33 percent. Another 34 percent have a college education. So you have a base rate issue there because black blacks are the least educated and they vote, you know, 90 percent Democrat. I believe the the, the, the least uh, least college educated group you made. A, you rolled your eyes. I'm not sure if you dispute that. I think they're on average less college educated than, than white voters. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure that's right. I mean, it'd be great if it wasn't true, but I think it's right. So no I'm just waiting to see where you're going with this. Well, I'm saying that I, I think that blacks vote for the Democrats based on identity. And to mix that and to control for college educated as a way to dispute Brooks's point is to mix together. Well, the but white- hold on. This is yeah. why I actually brought that up, because the problem is, is that when Brooks wrote his column, yeah. he didn't talk about white working class. He just talked about working class. Right. Okay. We know so, what he meant. Did- oh, I'm glad that you know what he meant. I mean, I, I my point here is that when you say working class without, in fact, making it clear you're talking about white working class, then you might have inferred what he meant by that. But looking at the plain text of the column, that's not clear at all. And in fact, if you're really going to talk about this in terms of class, you're going to talk about it in terms of working class. You can't just sort of put minorities to one side and pretend like they don't exist. If you want to talk about the issues in terms of white working class, that's fine. You could have an explicit conversation Uh, about that. uh, uh, But that's not what Brooks did. Well, he said he he says, um, uh. But the children of the educated class got college deferments. It continues in the 1970s when the authorities imposed on working class areas in Boston, but not on upscale communities, imposed busing on working class areas in Boston. Now, when he's talking about imposing busing on working class areas in Boston, I I infer he's talking about white working class. Nobody imposed, nobody thinks that the black working class was bothered by busing. It imposed on them, right? I mean, that's just I, I mean, I guess he should have spelled it out. Actually, but- that's a great example, I think, of how Brooks's logic is wrong, because if you want to take that example, that's fine. Go with what happened in Boston. Yeah, but that's what the he fact wrote. remains that I actually think I know. But my point is, is that if you actually take a look at it, you know, one of the fun exercises and you can try doing this is like if you look at how, you know, the country would have voted for the presidential election, if you eliminate all minorities, if it's a white only vote, I'm pretty sure Massachusetts is actually the only state that would have gone for Biden in 2020. Um, so if you're telling me that the legacy of what happened in Boston in the 1970s is so severe that it leads to the backlash, I find it ironic that Massachusetts is the one place where that backlash has subsided considerably. OK, fair enough. But do you agree from that sentence? It's fair to infer that uh, Brooks was talking about the white working class. I mean, that's why I, I, no, I, I think he, he was, I mean, white, I, but I took it from that. I'm, I'm right. Sorry, and I think you did. But like he's also throwing around a lot of other examples that don't necessarily I mean, you know, I I, I think he talked about how Barack Obama, ta- you know, uh, you know, used stupid as as a, an example in terms of his political stuff, which made no sense and really didn't work terribly okay, well. well. Why don't we do this? I, I have an is it possible that that Brooks article is both flawed and reasonably accurate in terms of sentiment and class class sentiment? Yeah, well, I was going to say, why, why don't we just take for as a no arguendo, that he's that he's applying he means this argument to be the the white working class just for this and and now what do you think of the argument okay if you want to make it just for the white working class fine as i said i think the argument would have some more potency if you were if this was 2016 and not 2023 yeah. because the problem remains that we then have to explain the last 7 years of what we've seen in terms of governance where whenever republicans have been put in power they've wound up implementing policies that I'm not really sure, frankly, help the working white working class out at all. And in fact, you have to deal with the fact that, let's say, someone like under the Biden administration, you've seen an explosion of U.S. manufacturing jobs in a way that you did not see when Donald Trump was president. And you now see if you're looking at the GOP policy platform, we're presumably supposed to support this if you're a white working class guy. What do they care about? They apparently care about getting rid of abortion rights and transgender issues and critical race theory. I'm honestly at a loss as to how any of this 
is somehow a boon to the white working class. Well, okay, I can I can tell you then later, Bill. So, first of all, I go back to what I said earlier, which is that um, the people vote for the people they perceive care about them. And do you think I, ranting about critical race theory and transgender stuff and no, I, I, eliminate, I, I, you know, restricting I abortion you. rights I indicates that you care for the white working class? I just want to know what what's no, your assumption. No, I, I don't. I agree with one hundred percent. I think that's a waste okay. of time. I think that's why. I think that's why DeSantis petered out. I think he he totally overestimated how much people actually cared about that. And actually, if you if you look at DeSantis's poll numbers, it's an indication that these issues are not as salient as uh, Twitter would have right. believe they are. Um, mm -hmm. I think that Trump, with his tariffs, which Biden has kept, but more importantly, with his rhetoric, it, it, this is the truth, with his rhetoric. And his attempts, he threw effort at trying to get this company to stay and this company to stay, whatever it is. Um, look, this may be a quixotic venture on anybody's behalf because the, the world has, has shifted. Manufacturing is coming back to some small degree. Now, that may be uh, still as a result of of Trump's policies that take a while to build up, or it could be. Nah, could that's be the Inflation Reduction it, Act and the Chips it, Act. It, it, I, well, I I don't know. Maybe it's the Inflation Reduction. No, Act. it's totally that. Don't don't try to tell me. No, it was I'll tell you why I can't. I don't think it's that because things don't happen that quickly. It takes two years to start something to build a fat. You can't. You can't. You can't. There's no shovel ready manufacturing. It takes a long time. No, which is why you're seeing the boom in construction, which is eventually going to lead to more manufacturing well, jobs. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But I'm saying that um, I'm trying to build a new club now. I bought a bill. I mean, it's going to take me two years just to open a hundred and hundred eighty <laughs> seat room. Yeah, there's no way that the Inflation Reduction Act from six months ago has led to a manufacturing changes, unless it's some kind of well, it's a year old and actually subsidy. It is a subsidy. What you're seeing is, is that because, the, again, and by the way, you can critique the Inflation Reduction Act if you want, but what the Inflation Reduction Act did, no, along with the Chips and Science Act, is I think two years old. It could that quickly. I'm not critiquing it. No, it set up subsidies, which basically led to private sector investment, which are now starting to see come through on the, on the pipeline. Well, great. And if, and if it does change uh, things on the ground for the white working class, I, you know, perhaps they'll notice it. But I think more likely they won't they, they still won't appreciate it because. As I, yeah, said, I agree. going back to because it's very difficult to vote for these people because, OK, you know, you characterize it. And I'm sure you're right, as people don't want this, the country to get so brown. Mm -hmm. But I've always struggled with that and because um, if I'm perfectly honest with myself and with my observation, I it's not that simple to cast it as as the worst in the worst way because uh for instance when black people are upset that harlem is turning white and that they, that what they loved about harlem is changing culturally mm -hmm. we don't we don't consider them hateful for that we we understand that people like the familiar people like to be among their own the tribalism is accepted if, if voiced from the right uh, demographic. Well, I don't know. I don't even know that that's tribal. Tribalism. Uh, you talk about gentrification as something positive. I mean, I, I believe the word gentrification is no longer the, the the prevalent term. I mean, it's it's so sensitive in my experience. And I'm in the real estate business yeah. that um that when they talk about rent control, it seems <clears throat> it's. um. It gets very political, obviously, because yeah. people's ability to cover their monthlies um, it has become entrenched in the system. It's become contingent upon that controlled rent. But that controlled rent also for it also um, increases the likelihood that the ownership structure of the building will not work on the building. Right. And so you have this kind of disrepair, these whole blocks, and there is no communication or th that feels nuanced around that in our political sphere. I, I, listen, you, you're a national guy, Dresner, and th this is above my yeah, but, uh, want to get into specific metrics. But I understand New York City political reality in the context of real estate. And I understand the context of small business having grown up in a junkyard. Well, I I'm saying something, you know, more primitive than that. I'm saying that when I when I know that Mexicans like to live in a Mexican neighborhood, 
We are tribal I'm, animals. I'm not. I mean, a, this is inherently the case on well, a biological level. When, when you say tribal, it implies to me something a step further, kind of. Yes, you know, there's a connotation. Of we the grew word. up and we, we uh, our biological evolution. Yeah, but there's a kind of connotation. Okay, with, change the word. There's a connotation with the word tribalism today change of kind word. of animosity towards others, and I'm saying that sometimes it can be animosity towards yeah. others, and sometimes it can be. I have no animosity towards others at all but i'm comfortable among the people who who understand my reference how could you not understand who understand how could you not who who, and And daniel's dying to say go ahead dan sorry yeah so i got a problem with this argument and and here's the basic line which is let's assume what you're saying is correct that people are tribal and they don't like the fact that you know where they are maybe is changing demographically and so on and so forth if what you were saying is correct then in fact, where you should have seen white working class go massively for Trump, where you should have seen places, uh, you know, that should have said, thank God, Trump says, you know, what we're thinking is in urban areas. And that's not what happened. The, the places that are in urban areas. Because that? that's, you're there, there, talking there, there about New York. White working class you're in talking urban about, oh, I'm not so sure that's true. But well, more certainly importantly, in New York, that's very true. Yeah. Okay, but like the point is, is that it's the areas that have wound up going, you know, geographically extremely hard for Trump are rural areas and exurban areas that, by and large, actually don't have, you know, that that are, you know, pretty homogeneously white. It's more the specter of brown people than brown people itself. I'm arguing that is that is leading many of these people to wind up supporting for Trump. Okay, so let me let me let me mix one other thing in here to get your take on and tell me whether you think it's true or not. And if it's true, what its effect is. And some of what I'm going to describe may not even be accurate in the sense that the perception may not be reality, but perception becomes reality. Sure. Perception is powerful. Fair enough. Yeah. The perception is and there is some reality Mm -hmm. to it that mm-hmm. there is a open season on uh, racial politics in the sense that white people can be ridiculed for being white. The mayor of Chicago can refer to Karens, yeah. that uh, white people can be um, with pride excluded from jobs, that vaccines should not be, you know, the CDC wants to not give, uh, to deprioritize white people for vaccines. New York deprioritizes white people for Paxlovid, SVOG. I mean, the restaurant revitalization fund deprior, essentially it was impossible to get it until the end if, if you're white. That um, uh, another, what you hear senators saying, we don't want to hear another from another white male. This kind of unabashed um, shaming, and I don't know what the word is, of of white identity people. politics uh, I mean, uh, that yeah. is that's unique no no other and this obviously has an equal and opposite reaction especially among people who have the highest suicide rates in the country the only the only falling life expectancy in the country dropping like flies from opioid and the president i don't know if he's ever mentioned it or he mentions it so again he's definitely mentioned it but if he, he mentions it but it's it's in a long laundry list of state of the union but it's definitely not something he's he's working on and at least there's no again perception becomes reality and your perception uh, is that trump worked a lot on this i just want to be clear on no this. no no my my i'm saying that okay. white people white working class feel like the democrats care more about the plight of the undocumented, the illegal immigrant, and spend much more time talking about it, worrying about it, uh, 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 lamenting it, than than the last time they heard many Democrats, Chuck Schumer, saying, what are we going to do to help these people who we're going to teach them to code this kind of, you know, that I don't know who actually said that teach them to code thing. It was but so, that's like a 10 year ago line. Like, this is what I mean by this is why I, I'm lingers. pushing back on this. If we were having this conversation a decade ago, I would be more willing to go along with what you're suggesting. Yeah, but, but you've had a but you're decade. These, you think these people know what you know? And to them, nothing's changed in the last five years. They don't. They, they All right don't, now, who's being condescending social, towards the working class? They're not watching the social science statistics. They just know that in general, in Twitter, everyone, everywhere else, as 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 okay. I grew uh, up in this environment. I can I can I can tell you. Look, Certainly, it's anecdotal. I don't have the metrics. Let, to let back me it say up, this: you say, I, I mean, I grew up with these people. Comedians 
all the time get up there. You guys are yes. and say they'll make a, it's become hacker ready. Yes. It's not good for you white guys these days, is yes. it? And the entire <laughs> audience breaks of out course. laughing because they get it. Sure, I'd laugh. Right, yes. right. But why? What are they laughing at? They're laughing at that the perception. fact that it's, that it's obvious yes. that being white is under fire now. Of now, course. I'm I'm well to do. I'm a, OK. I, hold I, on. I, hold I, on. Yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is, gee, why are all these bad things happening? Oh, no. Turns out white guys have been screwing up a lot. Who are the people, you know, beating up, you know, African-Americans when you see cops out there? Who are the people, you know, responsible? I, I for don't, oh, 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 I don't see cops But you know that's not true. Who that's are the true? You know that's not true. You know that black cops do it, too. That's 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 the, that's your statistical. That's wrong. I'm telling you, know you how I'm wrong. feeling. And oh, you also know. And you, you also know that just as many whites get beat up by cops. You know, you're a data journalist. You know this isn't true. I'm not a data journalist. I'm a professor. And hold on. If we're going to talk about the world of perception here, you got to let me talk about the world of perception. The world of perception is it turns out that white cops are often abusive. We're talking perception. You what said do you mean often? Hold on. Hold on. What do you mean white often? people? What do you mean hold on, often? White pe- you mean one in a hundred? I don't want to. What is that you're often? You're missing the point. Let him talk. It turns right. out that white people are the ones running Purdue Pharma. They're the ones who have gotten people hooked on opioids. You know. There's all sort, you know, it's it's, you know, white guys in Silicon Valley who are, you know, running various, you know, organizations into the is ground. It or is it anybody in power all the time, all over the world from the Hold beginning on. of history? And it's even deeper than that. And, and I, I, I confess to certain feelings, you know, yeah. I feel okay. I feel very because I'm a, I'm a person of a certain age. I feel very <laughs> emotionally attached to the Amer- American history. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I know and I've always known that it's perfectly rational for black people to have extreme ambivalence at best about American history. I totally understand that. And yet when I hear the stories of the founding fathers and read the Federalist mm-hmm. papers and, and read their, and, and think about the ideas in a declaration of independence, hypocrisy and all, and know how these ideas and then see the Hong Kong protesters with the American flag, which yeah. is obviously a straight line from Jefferson all the way to that. Yeah. It fills me with 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 um, sure. I don't know what pride is because these are not my people. I'm a Jew from the shtetl. Yeah, yeah. But somehow I feel sure. connected to that, right? Yeah. And when I when I hear open season yes. on these people judging them by today's standards, you've thrown out mm-hmm. the baby with the bathwater. I feel these like, tremendous aspects. To I America. feel a visceral of reaction to it. Of course, that I'm not proud of. I'm just being honest about it. It's and, also and, representative of the divide. And and which which wing of thought do I associate with that? And do I see see a, being a, a, a solicitous to that? Mm. It's a it's a part of the progress. It's not the and then, the you know, the, the people like Schumer will just keep their head down. But like the, the progressive wing of the party. And it's very difficult for me to stomach them. And now that's me. Now, these people we're talking about, they send their kids to the friggin military. Yeah. They send their kids to die in wars yeah. while you us only while us rich right. Jews yep. point fingers at them and, and look down our noses at yep. them. And and this and this this truth to that. I'm saying it's it's an emotional equation that is of course they, they have resentments, and of course it's tough for them to and 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 Trump expresses that for them. He undoubtedly unfortunately, spoke to them. Yes. unfortunately. Yes. I agree. And I think and, and this is what Brooks is saying. This is what, in my opinion, this is what Brooks is saying. Of course, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Well, hey, again, the problem is, is that I'm not as necessarily disagreeing with this portion of it because I agree with you. One of the things about American history, you're going to do it properly. You know, think about if you really want to read a great history book, read Joe Lepore's These Truths. It's a great one volume history of the United States. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic book because it it combines two. It combines the two histories that you're talking about. One, you know, a undeniable history of racial exclusion and slavery and all of that stuff, but also the story of how, you know, America's ideals that as we've slowly come to try to embody those ideals, the country has actually potentially gotten better. Um, And that's an important part of the story. And I agree with you that that kind of narrative is is appealing and one that should be, you know, that the Democrats certainly need to articulate. And it was something I would add that, by the way, Obama was really good at um, in terms of articulating it. Um, At first, he was. That's fair, uh, but again, the the problem becomes. This all explains 2016. I don't know. I mean, if you want to say that, like, and as a result, 
Trump can literally shoot someone on Fifth Avenue or get indicted four times on Fifth Avenue, and it doesn't affect his support, which, by the way, the polling that I quoted in that column suggested that that's not the case, that actually there are Republicans that are sufficiently perturbed by what he did, you know, you know after the November 2020 election. Um, then I guess my point is, is that you can't freeze 2016 in amper. We've seen over the last seven years how Donald Trump behaves when he's put in power. And I think I'm mildly appalled that more Republicans are not more appalled by it, I guess. would be the So way are, are you saying that there's been a shift in if we focus on the white working class against Trump over the past seven years? No, I don't know if there's been a uh, I wouldn't necessarily say there's been a shift. But what there has been is you, let me put it this way. I don't think the indictment, you know, it, what, what you are seeing is, you know, all of Trump's various legal troubles and more than that, just his you know, his behavior after November 2020, I think has without question not affected the sort of core MAGA supporters. But if you take a look at any of these polls, what they show is that this is a guy with unfavorable ratings up in the high 60s. And that's because as much as he's cementing his GOP base, he's also alienating independents and obviously Democrats. But like it, it's I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that and this is where I think Brooks is wrong. Brooks sees this. Brooks sees the country as a 50-50 country, and I don't see it that way. I see it when it comes to Trump as much more of a 60-40 country, I guess. Uh, I, I think I agree with you on that because um, now I, I had- And I know that doesn't sound like much, but that's a big friggin' difference in politics. No, I, I had a, an email conversation with somebody, a, a well-known writer. You probably know who he is, but I don't want to say who he was. Oh, come on. You know was, you want to. About what was going on in Israel. A guy from the Brooklyn- uh, and okay. um, we're talking about the judicial, uh, the reasonable. Yeah, yes. yeah. And mm -hmm. I said to him that I, I, I see this as, as a bigger issue. I see this as the deplorables versus the elites playing itself out in Israel as well. And he said to me, you're absolutely right. The only difference is in Israel, the deplorables he was using, you know, in mm -hmm. the deplorables outnumber the elites, meaning that mm -hmm. in Israel, and there, I mean, is you can say there's Ashkenazi, Sephardic, and that is part of it. But there's a lot of intermixing. Uh, but Netanyahu, yeah, it's a Haredi and everyone else. But now Netanyahu is a flawed character. But Netanyahu is not Trump. Um, but he's giving voice to the fact that these people, the deplorables, as it were, are tired of being thwarted. They just are tired of being thwarted. And this Supreme Court, which manages to replicate itself no, no matter how how many uh, uh, elections the, the right wing wins, they appoint themselves and and blah, blah, blah. And it's 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 just visceral resentment going on. And it, we see it in Brexit. I don't know much enough about England to know what it is. I feel it to some extent. And that's worked out real well for the United Kingdom. Let's just add here. No, well, that's an, that's another. You know, it's too soon to say how these things work out or don't work out. But I, I you, no, it's not. <laughs> well, the question is, did it work out for the people who wanted Brexit? Um, you know, th there is something ab about just in my lifetime, mm -hmm. my town, when I was a kid. What town? Uh, Ardsley, New York. Okay. Contractors and working class people who lived across the street. Our houses were all about the same. Uh, my friends had college educated parents, non college educated parents, you know, bricklayers, uh, you, know, you know, whatever. That's not the way it is anymore. It's just not. The town is all college educated people. Um, and that easy kind of mixing that went on when i was a kid but what's the point because the underlying economics have, have, have there's been, really there's just shifted been a over the decades and there's been a segregation where yes. the elites i mean i'm not inventing this i've read about this but i've, I've witnessed it too that that the, well, the factory jobs can no longer support a family you can no longer as a cop go into a well a, a reasonably wealthy or, or a suburb in westchester and buy a home inside of five years when i was a kid famous writers jimmy, yes, jimmy right. breslin they, these were these were grizzled working class yeah. people who would live they've been in the military they've been in business yeah. They spoke for things they knew yeah. about. Yeah. Every journalist I know now is is they just don't come from that. They don't. When I sure. tell them like what I'm experiencing, they have no idea what I'm talking about. And when yes. I and, and I have to and when I discuss with them, like, 
Well, do you know what? Look, listen, we had one we had one really nice example of for years. Everybody was looking down their nose on people in border towns. They're racist. They're racist. They don't want Mexicans. You know, they're, they're, right. they're, the second New York City is experiencing a, a little taste of this right. migrant influx. Right. All of a sudden, New York is screaming bloody murder, but nobody's calling it racist. Right. That's just being unreasonable. And so you if you know that and that's true, it ought to give you pause. Say, well, you know what? Maybe it wasn't so simple to call those people in those towns racist. Maybe it wasn't so they just didn't want brown people. hundred percent because we're doing it now, yes. too. That kind of humility is not around. And I read it loud and clear. And I, I you know, that's why when Brooks really Turn on that spoke to me. I, yeah. <laughs> I guess the way I, I guess my response to that is God knows, you know, look, I've got a shirt that actually has coastal elite on it. So, you know, has I know who I, I traffic with has coastal elite on it. Oh, coastal um, elite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I look, I'm a professor who lives in a suburb in a, a Boston suburb, of Massachusetts. I know who I am. Um, I will certainly be willing to acknowledge uh, that that the, the sort of meritocratic elites Brooks talks about are arrogant that way and aren't necessarily um uh gonna you know going to uh, are you know are, are condescending in that way yeah i guess the way i would put it though is when you use the word humility that is not the word i associate with donald trump it is certainly not the word i associate with any of the republicans trump who are trying finger. to claim but but my point is is that like you know you don't get to say trump you know the, the problem the with the meritocrats movement. You don't get to say the problem with the meritocrats is that they're out of touch and will refuse to, like, you know, engage in humility and then talk about how populists are for sure confident about, you know, like like that, that, that they need to display the similar humility. All right, let you me know, ask, let I me ask like, you this. You're a professor. Yeah. And, and is it so we know that um, at least the standard take on on Hitler's rise was that the Treaty of Versailles created mm -hmm. this tremendous uh, economic hardship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Post-World War One and, and Hitler and Hitler was able to hyperinflation, hyperinflation, Weimar Republic. Mm -hmm. Did Trump create this anger? No. Or did he well, I'm asking, <laughs> or did he tap into it? And if he tapped into it, then let's talk pre-Trump. What caused it? When it's a more he... complicated story. He absolutely tapped into it. He didn't create it. OK, but we're now at a point where He's also like, you know, yeah, that explain again. And if you had taken Brooks's essay and said, you know, publish it in 2016. And by the way, there are about six million versions of that essay yep. that were published in 2016. Totally fair. We're now at a point, though, where, you know, the question isn't why is it that people voted for Trump in 2016? The question is, why is it that so many people support a guy who, by any objective standard, was a a bad president and b was really good at criming. No, no, he. I um, can answer you know, that. Wait, wait, I, he was not a he was not a bad president by any objective standard. That's that's not. Oh. <laughs> well, you see, now see now this is the thing. Now now listen, listen. You're you're actually making keep laughing because you're making my point. Because yeah. it, no, you're not. These, how are you going to like, I, I really I'll do it. I will. I will. But one, go, one of go, these, go one of these Trump voters sees you laughing like that. Yes. And they say, I'm never fucking voting for those. They listen to him laughing because, yes. because I was being, they, they, the economy was booming under Trump. The tax cuts, which he, which he gave, they, they, which they, which, which we were told were so uh, uh, horrible. They did not repeal them because they actually turned out to be, uh, middle class. Size. He was very bad. No, they weren't repealed because there weren't the votes to repeal them. He let's was, be clear. Well, they, well, and also, by the way, Trump Trump was the first president, I believe, in the post-war era that when his when he left office, there were fewer American jobs than no, when let me, he let started. Me, OK, well, I'm going to answer. Yeah, that. No, no, don't hold don't on. That, that's me, an empirical me, fact. Don't don't let me tell you. Let me tell you I'm gonna, I, I, you're wrong. And I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. OK, they did try to repeal the salt tax. Schumer said that was the number one priority of the Democrats. The salt tax is the deduction for wealthy people of their property uh, after 10,000. I know what the yeah. salt tax is. Yeah. 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 So, so they did to, yeah. they worked hard to try to repeal that. They, mm -hmm. they worked hard to try to repeal the taxes on the wealthier. This was a shame on the Democratic Party, but it shows 
where their where their votes and where their money is coming from now. There's many articles written about this. The only part of the Trump plan that they focused on was not what how it affected the working class. It was the salt tax, the the, the state and local deductions for 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 wealthy. How many people pay more than ten thousand dollars in property tax? Yeah, I paid forty. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so that but uh, so the economy was booming. He was. I would say that he was bad on COVID from my point of view. However, from the point of view of the people who didn't want to wear masks, the people who feel vindicated now by some data which actually does vindicate them, they don't even feel he was that bad on COVID. Ironically, they probably don't like Operation Warp Speed, but I'll, I mm-hmm. will have to give him credit for Operation Warp Speed. Maybe someone else would have done it, but it, he did it. And... I, I so and, uh, you know, we, he, he didn't he did, wasn't a debacle in Afghanistan. He was he seemed reckless, but it seemed to all kind of work out. And he did all this at the time that he was being. Accused. How did it work out? I am dying to know how you think it worked out. How, I mean, admittedly, out? he didn't start World War Three, but that's kind of a low bar. I'm saying I'm saying none of like I was very concerned when he was, when, when he was speaking like a schoolyard taunt to. Uh, oh, towards Kim Jong Un, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, yeah, but yeah, nothing yeah, okay. terrible happened. I was concerned about a lot of the way he was going about certain things. I thought he was mm-hmm. right for taking out Soleimani. I thought he was right for um, appearing to be uh, kind of the 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 madman thing that Nixon talked about. Like people were a little cautious about him. I think the border the border was much more under control than it was. No, 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 no. The, no. That that no, that's not disputable. The 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 numbers of migrants now now I'm not I'm not even necessarily blaming Biden for it, but if right. if you're going to say that whoever's president gets the blame, I say so. You're saying he's he's uh, um uh objectively a horrible president. I wish that were the case because he's a, objectively an asshole. He's objectively yeah. regular, but I don't yeah, think right. if if you didn't tell me that we had Trump as president while I was living through 2016, I wouldn't say, holy shit, things have gotten really thing. bad here. What's what's gone on to this country? That's an excellent point. Things were good. We were booming. Business was booming. What happened? Did he hang up on me? No, 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 no I'm still here. Uh, can you put the but is, isn't there a foundational consideration here that we're not giving voice to, which is which is why did we elect a fuck you? And the answer well, to that is something. Asking, yeah. But the answer again, minus I'm three million familiar votes. with. Well, perhaps, all, but, I, I look, but wouldn't, wouldn't no, no, you no, say this is important? That, I, like I minus or plus, it's a lot of people. Yeah. No, no, you can't simultaneously claim that there was this groundwell of support for Donald Trump while at the same time having to acknowledge that he lost the popular vote by three million votes. But there's still an incredible amount of support. The most three incompetent politician, perhaps, in, you know, there's still an incredible yeah, amount of well, support. It's what you said at 60 40. Well, either he, way, he, yeah. over, he overachieved your 60 40. That's fair. Sure. But I'll, the uh, perception yeah, that's, that's of this elite demographic relative to what we're describing as working class. Um, but the perception issue is still exceeding is very pervasive. It's still really, really the case. But do you think of course, it's anecdotal. Of, but I mean, I know this empirically. I can't prove it via you know political metrics. It is very much entrenched in our experience, socioeconomically and otherwise. And so you can deconstruct David Brooks via statistics. But I cannot mm-hmm. accept that the people that I grew up with in a junkyard in Jersey have changed at all from 2016. Uh, if anything, sure. if anything, the wealth disparity is becoming, uh, you know, uh, well, more exaggerated than it was in 2016. Well, Trump lost in 2020. Yeah, that's not Some, exactly true, but OK. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to. I don't have any dog. The in fact that, that Trump lost overall. in 2020, I, I, I assume, indicates that there's been some shift. You know, Trump but it's not just about Trump. Trump. Could have it easily, is about the divide. Trump could have easily won in 2020 if he had done some it, he didn't lose in 2020, in my opinion, because of, of his bad job as president. He did it because he was terrible. His bedside manner was terrible during covid in my. You know, Isn't that, that part of the job of being president? Yes. I yes, don't understand I mean, what you're talking about. No, I, I, but underlying I, I, all of this, I, 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 I you're you're kind of trivial, but you, you understand what I'm saying, I'm saying that the the normal occupancy of the presidency, he he didn't lose because of that. And, and if that had been the way his term ended, if not for this pandemic, I think he almost surely would have won re-election, certainly would have gotten the 90,000 votes that he lost by in the Electoral College. Um, he was very erratic and very offensive during the pandemic. 
And then um, he was erratic and offensive during the entire four years of his presidency. Yes, the pandemic just brought it out more visibly for everyone to see. But fair enough. Yeah, I mean, every, like that every world time. leader, every world leader, no matter what their death count during the pandemic gained in approval in their countries, except for Trump. That, I put it. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that, that's something he did, which was telling. So, so and then he uh, he had that first debate performance where he was fucking out of his mind. Do you remember that? Oh, he was just an asshole. As you put it, he was an asshole. Yeah. yeah. And and he lost by a whisker. And by the way, it could have it, it could be just the fact that he stupidly told Republicans not to use mail in ballots. So so we don't even know what the temperature of the country was, if not for that, because he lost by 90,000 votes. Not sorry. He, he Well, you say 90,000. I say seven million. But go ahead. No, no. Lost the election. That's you could say he lost a popular vote by seven million. He would have won reelection. Forty five thousand votes gone the other way. Forty five thousand and one votes gone the other way. He would have won. So maybe just the mail in. Yeah, that, by that logic, if like 50,000 votes had gone the different way in 2016, Trump doesn't win. So I'm That's not right. quite sure this works. No, it's, it's just showing how close it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just and, and to, to draw any big conclusion, I just think that his based on his record as president, putting aside his record during this pandemic, his record of, as president You're saying if he weren't an asshole, his record other than that, Mrs. That, Lincoln, his his a composite that was disastrous or his, calamitous. his statistical record, the metrics right. of whatever you want to go wage increases, whatever it is. This was a pretty decent record as president. Uh, and, and it's interesting to me. And I, and I don't say that with any pleasure. I say that having to feeling like I have to I, I admit what's true is true. Right. right. Um, and to hear a professor say he's objectively a bad president. I say, well, this is why th this is this is the divide, because in, in your divide. circles, forgive me, and I don't mean this badly in your circles. This <laughs> is unquestionably true. You, when was the last time you were at dinner with anybody? Say, what are you talking about, Dan? He was, yeah. you know, they say like, yeah, this this goes this goes without saying in the same way, certain things go without it's saying not it, orthodoxy it, it, and shouldn't be yeah. should not be treated as such. Yeah. All right. Listen, you're a really interesting guy. Um, I'd like to like talk to you again. Yeah. Uh, you're in Long. Chicago. Is that right? You're in Chicago? No, I'm outside of Boston. You're outside. of. Oh, I'm sorry. You said that. So I used uh, to live in Chicago, though. Yeah. So, yeah, you said a suburb of Boston. So if you come to uh, New York, you should you should. Yeah. Down yeah. The comedy seller. Yeah. Really have it out. Yeah. Be great. Uh, sure. Um, I think Brooks is I think Brooks is on to something. I, I just and I think that I think Brooks is well meaning. I just don't think it, the argument quite holds up. But but it, it, this way, I like having the argument with you. This is fun. You may be right that Brooks is wrong about certain aspects of his argument. But it would be very I believe it'd be a big mistake from that to pass over. Everything of what he's saying which is, I think, very important. If you know, if only the Democrats, if Biden would say a few things along the lines of what Brooks said, rather than what do you think like, Biden you know, would say that would actually? I, I mean this sincerely. What do you? What are the few things that you think Biden should say that would work in terms of expanding the white his white working class support without alienating the rest of his support? Well, some, I'm some honestly major curious. So, you know, Biden said it famously said about Romney, you know, he wants to put you all back in chains. And he said about Georgia so it's worse than Jim Crow or whatever. Jim Crow on steroids. This kind of mm -hmm. stuff is very is is very, very alienating to people mm -hmm. who disagree with him because nobody wants to be called the worst thing you can be, which is a racist because mm -hmm. you you disagree. And although the power of that term is diminished because because yeah. the left uses it, weaponizes that and in context where it has not been earned. But some of this may also be policies because I was very, very alienated when they had that restaurant. We need a restaurant uh, relief, you know, for COVID. And when mm. they announced that uh, a white male owner was not going to be eligible for this program. This was federal for, or was it New York City? No, this is federal. It worked out for me okay. in the end because they ended up having a nightclub program, which which uh, was not that I was fucking fit to be tied I'm like what do they what are they doing here right. are they going to like how do you even organize against that policy am i are we supposed to organize as white people right. like white like this is insanity that they're backing working people biz, small business people into a corner where they either have to swallow yeah you're right i am white so i guess i should i guess i should get on the back of the line for disaster relief even if the guy next to me makes more money than me 
right? Right. Uh, or be called a racist. So just so you know, in Trump Trump's program, you had to provide, I'm not giving Trump any credit for it, this is the program under Trump. You had to show last year's uh, revenue, show this year's revenue. If you lost more, 90% or more, you were in the first tranche, uh, 60, and, and you know, very like depending, essentially, if you lost the most, you got the 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 money first and it went away. As soon as Biden took over, he said, no, no, you have to be uh, essentially anything but white male. People, my wife's not white, so we joked about giving my wife uh, uh, 50% of the business. And I said, oh, no, it's OK, I'll take the loss. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But but, uh, but the perception the of what you're saying is more important than what you're saying. It's can you in America, the idea of saying, you know what, there's a hurricane. OK, we're going to build the white people's houses, the black people. We're going to build everybody's houses except the white people first. Right. To have a party that stands for a policy like that is fucking insane yes. in it's it's the Overton window has shifted and they view it as morally required it's kind of a form of retribution yes, and it's against people, against people who didn't do anything yeah against people who were innocent the party but, but, but historically not so, yeah hold on I, I i need to get going actually but yeah, I, I just want to close with this thing yeah. you keep talking about it's the perception no, this is real. And that's it's a perception. That's real reality. No, no, no. But you keep, but, but, you know, your partner keeps saying it's about the perception. And it's well, the a larger issue is about perception. Yeah. Both. Right. And the law, and by the way, like, you know, that's true. Like, if enough voters think something is true, yeah. then politicians have to respond as if that's true. And I think the issue I have with Brooks and the issue I have with his argument is that the perception he's trying to foster is the idea that you can explain everything that's going on with Trump and all of this sort of populism due to economic reasons. And that perception is wrong. Politics enrages people. It's not just economic. I, didn't I agree he, with that. I didn't think he meant that. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. By but the way, the problem you- is, but hold on. The, and I'll just close with this. The problem is, the fundamental problem with perceptions is it is fantastically difficult to change them. Yes. And the perceptions. I, that's why this so is where I do agree. 2016 and now. I, right. And this is I, where I will go. close. I got to tell you a story before you go, because go. you'll like this. I, um, OK, he, quickly. Go, go. go. Al, Al Franken, you know, the, the senator. Yeah. yeah. He does mm-hmm. comedy here from time to time. And comedian. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and when he first came in, uh, I was complaining to him about this uh, restaurant program mm-hmm. and he couldn't believe it was true. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Franken, it, it, this yeah. is true. You can, you can read it about it in the paper. And you and he was like and he, clearly he was he thought this was. Hello, sir. He thought this was a bad idea or like he, he was. Yeah. But, you know, goddamn well, if he'd been in the Senate, he would have voted for it. Yes. Hmm. This They're going too far with some of this stuff. I think I think the pendulum is swinging back. It always um, does. It always does. It always the last 3000 years of recorded history. It has. Look, it's very, very interesting stuff because we need to get a handle on it. You know, we, we got to try to get the essence of truth on this wherever it is. And we're talking a lot of people talking past each other. Anyway, it's really been a pleasure to meet you. And uh, yep. please, yeah, come come to New- you, you must come to New York, right? I come to New York every once in a while. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah please do. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Right. Take care. Podcast at for comments, questions, and suggestions. Thank you, Dove Davidoff, for joining us. God bless. Thank you, Daniel Dresner. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>